Hey everyone, welcome to the Her on Top podcast, episode three. Today we are going to discuss adolescent sexuality. In this episode, we discuss the questions, when did you have your first crush or romantic fantasy? And when did you start learning about masturbation or experimenting with it for yourself? Towards the end of the podcast, we discuss our first experiences with porn and how Kayla broke the family Dell computer. I know, right? If you enjoy this podcast, please follow us on Spotify, Apple, and wherever you find your podcasts. While you're there, we would love for you to leave us a review with a comment or question you would like us to discuss in one of our episodes. You can follow us on Instagram at herontoppod. All right, let's get into it. Hey girl, how you doing today? I'm good. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm I'm getting in the well, for people who might hear this a little later. I'm getting in the Christmas spirit is what I'm trying to convince myself that I am doing because we are in the month of December right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm working on that currently and and getting Moving from adulting of Christmas where it's tedious and crappy to remembering that it can be magical. Yeah, absolutely. You know, more always more magical for the kids than than us once you get to being an adult. But trying t- the best as I can to meld those two. Mm-hmm. How's your week been? It's been really busy. Work is really busy, which you would think that it wouldn't be busy in December. And I'm super grateful for it, but it has yeah, been it's it's been a lot on top of Rex has been going through a sleep regression and oh. and also some intense separation anxiety with me. Um, I guess that's it's kind of just like a thing with this age, like one and a half to it can last up to three years of age as well, but just Typically, mommy is like the number one person. And yeah, it's hard when he only wants me. And um, then he's You have things to be doing? Well, I have things to be doing. And like, I'm the only one that can comfort him too. So even when other people are available, like he doesn't want them. Um, He wants you. Yeah. And I've been having to like block my office door at home because he's been trying to break into my office while I'm doing my sessions, which is not great. Thankfully, most of my clients are very understanding. That's happened a few times, but um, yeah, I need to get a better lock system. For some reason, my door doesn't latch all the way. And so it's really easy to open and it doesn't have a lock on it either. So I have to push it open. Yeah. So I have to have a heavy like weight thing in front of it so that he can't open it. Um, yeah. So it's just, it's kind of crazy around here. Sleep regressions. If there are any parents out there are not fun whatsoever when they start to protest naps and scream bloody murder when you put them down to go to sleep and and also <laughs> scream bloody murder when trying to put you wake him them down up. for no trying to put him down for bedtime cuz oh, at first it was just naps and he was fine at bedtime and then it migrated bedtime too. into bedtime yeah well last night was the first night in like 3 or 4 nights that he didn't actually cry so i think hopefully we're like coming out of it a little bit but turning a corner hopefully yeah but you know, it's, it's just 
It's funny to me though that you say that you're you're a little surprised that you're more busy right now than you thought mm-hmm. you'd be. And you know, I just thought on that for a split second. And I was like, you know what? The amount of times though that we and for the people that will be listening to this later, I'm so sorry. We're a little bit behind in the scheme of time. We will catch up to you all, I promise. But it's 12:8 today. My my delightful fiance, the amount of times I've told him in eight days so far that maybe I need therapy and maybe I need to go to therapy because I'm losing it <laughs> has been quite a few amount of times. So I hate, I, I don't hate to say, but like, I'm actually not that surprised that maybe you're getting like an uptick as Thanksgiving, Christmas holidays all get mm-hmm. here because I feel like everyone just gets kind of loony and you like your emotions go like kind of haywire a bit mm-hmm. and you don't feel as like in control of everything. So I will say I'm actually not as surprised you're that busy because last night I almost was like, I need therapy tomorrow morning. <laughs> I need this tomorrow. This needs to be in my life tomorrow. So well, that doesn't surprise me so much. This isn't therapy necessarily for you, but you get to have a conversation with your best friend and a therapist. So I get to do two <laughs> in one and I love it. Exactly. So no, this is not my therapy at all. And yeah. none of you want to hear my therapy. That's not, no. That, that just is not a good use of your time. But it just doesn't surprise me. I'm like, oh, okay. I can I can kind of see that though. Yeah. I have people say that, but also like I don't work with typical things that I feel like people would have issues with right now. Like, I mean, oh. we can talk about family dynamics, but usually people are coming to me for sex-related issues or relationship issues with their partner. So, you know, maybe that's coming out more as there's stress around the holidays, but there's usually not like pointed holiday topics that I'm usually talking to people about. So, okay. It's yeah, it's just interesting, but I'm not complaining whatsoever. I'm very fulfilled and happy to be busy. busy. It's just a little exhausting on top of, well, Working and then everything else on top of parenting. that, parenting yes. and getting ready for the holidays and all the things. But um, yeah, so love it. Today right. we are kind of continuing our conversation that we were having in our last episode around um, what it was like for us to kind of grow into our sexuality through childhood and. Um, If you didn't listen to our previous episode on this, we kind of went through early childhood, kind of what it was like for us to really understand our gender and first even be like introduced to the concept of sex through kind of puberty. So if you haven't listened to it, go and listen to that. Um, And so this episode is going to be kind of puberty and after of us kind of Mm -hmm. talking about what it was like for us to start having relationships, to start um, being interested in, for us, the opposite sex, but, you know, just in general, being interested in people in a romantic or sexual way. Um, And we'll kind of see how far we get with this. Love it. Yeah. So kind of, yeah, just a continuation a bit of Last week, getting further into the time in our life when we start to get a little bit older and kind of still going 
but still continuing down the same road. So I, I love that we're continuing this. I just, I think it's definitely really worthwhile mm-hmm. to go over because I think it completely, it makes sense of how we've then now constructed our sexuality as adults. So yeah, I love it. And I know that right now it's a little bit, or I feel like in the past couple of years, it's been such a hot button topic to talk about gender, sexuality, as it pertains to any child. Mm-hmm. I just think we've gone a little off the deep end with it. So um, I think it's really nice that with these two episodes, you and I are trying to bring a very logical and Mm -hmm. just plain, simple explanation of what it was like while we were growing up and starting to understand these things and Mm -hmm. getting to be older and kind of how we've progressed into it. So I do think this is really important. And I think that there's a really nice aspect to this where there's no, in my mind, there's no way to take this negatively. It's, it's, it just can't be. So I like that we're kind of breaking that a little bit from what's been the norm that it feels like in the media for the past couple of years too. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're bringing our own story to it, which we do need to make sure that you guys know, obviously these are anecdotal personal stories. So yeah, it's not like everyone is going to experience these things the, the exact same way that we did. Um, no. And I know for a fact that a lot of people don't. So, um, yeah. you know, we are just trying to bring a humanized perspective to it that isn't just delineated down into, you know, talking points that you usually hear. And, um, you know, hopefully you can connect to some of the things that we say about our own experiences. And if they are different, that's completely fine. And um, just know that, you know, all experiences are valid. So. 100%. All um, right. Yeah. yeah. So with that, our first question that we're going to ponder on is, when did we have our first crushes or kind of romantic feelings towards another person? Does this have to be like a a person that we actually knew or no? No. Okay. No, not at all. It okay. could be even like a character in a book. <laughs> Love it. Okay. There we go. Do you want to start, my dear, or should I? Um... How about you start? Because I don't actually have an answer for this yet. <laughs> okay. Then I guess I can. Yeah, I'm happy to jump in. Okay. So first crush romantic fantasy. I mean, I this is going to definitely age me a, quite a bit. So this is lovely. But I will say that I think the first time I like ever really kind of like put two and two together of like, oh, this guy's really cute. Like, Mm -hmm. and, oh, he, like, I can see why he's the romantic lead in this. And it's quite a throwback, but um, watching the original Robin Hood with Kevin Costner, Mm. I will very honestly say it by like six to seven, maybe, which God love my parents, but that was not the most child-friendly. I'm shocked at the amount of times that I watched that movie before I was 10. I mean, Mm -hmm. it was a lot and I'll really age myself here. The fact that it was on VHS and at the Island House. So I'd pull it out and watch it when I was over there. Mm -hmm. But I 
can honestly starkly say that like Kevin Costner in that movie was the first time that I was like, oh, oh, adults aren't just adults. Like they can be cute and I can find them cute. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, he's quite quite a good chunk older than me. I mean, that we'll yeah. probably get into this later in the podcast, but that's a recurring theme that happens in my <laughs> life. Um, I don't shy away from age concerns whatsoever. Uh, but <laughs> It was just the first time that I clearly as a kid, though, remembering seeing an adult and being like, they're cute. I think that I could see myself romantically interested in you and just like how these other characters are in the movie. Like, Mm -hmm. that's like the first really clear memory I have of like putting those two kind of together. So kind of an odd one. But um well, knowing me, that's that should not be a surprise. <laughs> Which I'm sure all listeners, all more episodes we can get in, will understand this a little. But, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's the first like one that it wasn't like a school crush, like somebody on the playground, something like that. Like mm-hmm. that was one of the ones that I do. Just it, it sticks out of like mm-hmm. a light bulb kind of went. And then of course, you know. I, I don't know. I the hardest part is I'm trying to remember back like when we were third, fourth, fifth grade. I mean, I know no, by the time hard. we were in sixth grade, we like had kind of like crushes or even like it's so funny, like being in our 30s now. Oh yeah. And thinking about being in sixth grade and like wh- how a sixth graders feel like they're dating. Oh yeah. And it's so real to the sixth grader. Like, believe me. So real. So real. Everything about this is real. Mm -hmm. But now looking back at it, it's just the cutest thing to to laugh at because it's like, you have no idea, you two. Gee, uh, yeah, you have a a good time at recess. Like, yeah, you know, (laughs) you work through those problems at recess. But like it. So I do remember that point, like, distinctly by sixth grade, it being, Mm -hmm. like, the crush romantic environment where, like, boys Mm -hmm. and girls were really kind of, like, noticing, like, oh, Mm -hmm. yeah, I like them, things like that. I feel like some of the first kisses back in that time were kind of maybe happening near that time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The hormones were flowing. The BO was starting to become very... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, it was. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know, there are some things that I actually can be very honest with you that I remember from still being in like seventh, sixth, seventh, eighth grade there mm-hmm. of certain things, like certain smells of things that like today as a grown adult woman, I can I can pick that smell out any day of the yeah. week. Yeah. But like back then being like, what on earth? Why does this guy sitting next to me in class have this really funky, weird smell right now of what like well, and then I'm like, now I get to be an adult and I'm like, oh God, I knew exactly what you were doing before you came to school. And I don't know if you actually washed your hands. And that's probably why. Like, so it's also comical to me to look back at things. And there's one person from the school we went to school with that I can a hundred percent like just really remember. I'm not yeah. going to say a name, yeah. but don't say a name. I mean, there are a few, but I mean, again, like it's just it's, it's part of it's part the, of puberty, part of going yes. through that stage of life. I think most of the boys did not 
realize what deodorant was until probably high school. Um, Or if you're maybe going to like jerk off before you come to school that day, maybe like definitely wash your hands and make sure that's not somewhere else. So you don't have that weird smell too. Well, that's true. I mean, jerking off shouldn't have a a smell, but there's one person at St. Luke that I can associate this smell to that I now like as an adult after I've had sex, if I can like smell it's, this is a sex podcast. So I'm just going to say it. I, I will stand by this. Jizz has such a chlorine distinct smell to it that I will place that n- other stuff doesn't really smell like quite like that. Like there, there, there aren't that many things that you can associate to. So there's yeah. one person at St. Luke that when I got older, I was like, oh, now is when I kind of can smell this smell again. And now it's bringing back that like, I remember that smell from somewhere, but I don't know what it was. Yeah. But yeah. Well, we'll get into masturbation, but yeah, not to throw shade on men because women oh, no. can also be masturbating and also not washing their hands. But let's just 100%. let's just make a PSA that if you are going to masturbate, wash your hands afterwards. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, just make sure. Do yeah, or, yeah, yeah, because that it, it's probably a, a better idea that way. If it lingers, it doesn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. But no, not to throw shade, just, just, it's just the connection to like, that I'm trying to make of that when you get older and you've already gone through puberty and it's been decades since you went through puberty, there are pivotal moments that you start to have when you're in that stage younger Right. that I just think it's interesting that you can kind of relate back to and Mm -hmm. in a very different way. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, so hearing your story, I think thinking back to probably celebrities were, yeah, probably Mm -hmm. the first crushes I had. I mean, again, I, I probably can't pinpoint like the very first one, but I distinctly do remember now that I'm thinking about it, um, having crushes like on my favorite boy bands, like the Backstreet Boys, I was able to go backstage and meet slash take a picture with the Backstreet Boys at a concert we went to in second grade. So around the same time, like around seven, eight. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was like, so in love with Nick Carter. I like wanted to marry him. (laughs) Not surprising. <laughs> this ages us. It definitely puts us in a bracket. But for all of you that if you are listening when you're younger, like he was real cute in the like 90s and like 2000. Like yeah. I'll just I'll be honest with that. Yeah. He was real. He was he was. Yeah, I was a Carter fan just in general. I, both him and his younger brother. I was definitely all in for the, the Carter boys. Yeah. But unfortunately, you know. Aaron has now passed away, which is very sad. Um, but yeah, they they were hot back in the day, both like them and in sync. They, they were in the terms of things. popular and in terms of being attractive. <laughs> yes, they were. They they were like the gold standard you had because I feel like, and then you had your randos like the ninety. Not to throw horrible shade at Nick Lachey, but then you had your like ninety eight degrees and your other rando little boy bands that kind of 
yeah, flew in there. But yeah. Nicholas Shea made 98 degrees. Like if you didn't yes. have him in there, nobody would have gone nowhere. Known <laughs> who 98 degrees was. So <laughs> I remember actually somebody back in the early 2000s mentioning that band to me, and I had no idea who on earth it was. And I was just like, I don't even know who this is. But yeah. Yeah. So it's it was the era of that where like you know and i think now that i'm actually thinking back to it i'm kind of starting to wonder so we were kind of kids we were 90s kids Mm -hmm. i don't know how much more prevalent it was in the 80s versus the 90s but i feel like the Selling of sex as like teenagers, like the boy bands and the Britneys and the Christinas and all of that that became so prevalent in the 90s and then into the really early 2000s. Mm-hmm. I feel like it was it was really sold to us, like too. Now yeah. that I look back at it, like it was very heavily and like they would do insane crosses with, you know, and oh my God, some of these things age us so much when I say this stuff. So That's like the okay. original, I know, I I know it's okay it is for us to be 30. That's I know. Okay. I know. It, and we're doing great for 30. So I'm I'm just thrilled with that. But like it's the things of like even like Disney Channel, which was a big thing, right? Like you mm-hmm. get the crosses of these sexualized figures in society yeah. and pop culture, and you'd get them thrown into all these other places that we were consuming. Yeah. this entertainment of. So, right. and I, and I do wonder like if that was as big in the eighties or if it really kind of started a bit more in the nineties, cause they really did that. And like, mm-hmm. it, it's interesting to look back at now and these, they were kind of still kids like Brittany, Christina, totally. the boys, they were all kids. Like they yeah. weren't, they're not adults. Like, mm-hmm. and it's just now interesting to me to look back at like, you know, they were so sexualized and sold for that to us. And we all took it in. Not that I'm saying there's anything wrong with that. It's part of how the music entertainment industry just works. It is. But just kind of interesting to me to look at since we're talking about it in terms of puberty, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm sure you could do a deep dive on that. And I know there's a lot of stuff out there about, you know, child stars and the different ways that that affected them throughout their lives. And most child stars don't tend to go down very good paths. So, I I mean, I don't want, I don't want to take more than a minute on this, but for maybe a possible topic later down the road, were you a boy meets world watcher? Absolutely. Okay. So, you know, Matlin Ward, she was the one with the red, she was the red hair, the short red haired one that like eventually lived with the guys and stuff like that. She was kind of like the tomboyishy girl that was like best friends with the dudes. Yeah. Yeah. What's very fascinating is she actually talks a lot about this now um, of how sexualized she was on that show. Mm -hmm. And the fact that now as a grown adult woman, she actually does like I think she does more than OnlyFans. She does it for like different platforms and studios, but she's actually now in the adult entertainment industry. And the way that she was so sexualized on Boy Meets World at such a young age, 
she does do a cool talk on how when she grew up, the way that she kind of took back that sexuality for herself was mm-hmm. getting into the aspects of the adult film industry that she enjoys and likes and does. And she's happily married and, you know, her husband mm-hmm. understands all this, all this stuff, but just interesting of one yeah. of a person that maybe on a different episode, we could totally do a little bit of a deep dive on because yeah. it's interesting to see that now that you brought up the child star thing. Yeah. Well, I think just kind of talking through this though, like, you were kind of alluding to that there are a lot of messages that get sent to, you know, the kids like us that were tuning into Disney Channel or listening to this music um, that I think in our last episode, you know, we kind of said was positive. And I do agree with that. But I think there were also stuff that we got a lot from like rom-coms and I just, I know I brought up Aaron Carter, but I like distinctly, as you were saying that the crossover with Disney Channel, I, did you ever watch Lizzie McGuire? The Lizzie McGuire episode, the yeah, Christmas, the Christmas episode, the Christmas episode where Aaron Carter showed up on, or like she did a, I think it was a music video yes. yeah, with him that she like won a contest and then don't they like kiss at the end or something? Yes. It's something really like, it's super cheesy, cheesy and you know, Hillary Duff gets kissed by Aaron Carter and he's like, have a good holiday or like whatever he says and like (laughs) stumbles off in his completely silver metallic jacket with bleach blonde tips. Yeah. But I remember that kind of like, you know, you want to be the girl that gets the like number one hot guy. And Mm -hmm. um, I was actually talking about this with a client that Mm. I think a lot of women still have this narrative sold to them that we have to be the ones to like get a guy and keep a guy in a relationship. Yeah. That it's, that it's all on us. Like if, if, by chance are like libido drops, if all these other mm -hmm. things happen that we go through, Mm -hmm. like that's the reason why sometimes things maybe don't work or people do certain things. Exactly. That is, there's a lot of a job that's put on us. Yeah. Yeah. And that like, we're the ones that are chasing after them and just have to like wait to be picked versus, you know, it being like a mutual decision. Um, I definitely think that I had that mentality going through, you know, sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade. Yep. I remember wanting to be in high school and wanting it to be reversed. It was like, when are the boys ever going to chase me? When are they ever going to like yeah. be the ones that are making the moves and stuff that it always felt like, you know, we-, we were the ones that were putting in interest and um, having to kind of do the work, if you will. Um, which, you know, again, looking at that age is like, what, what work are you doing? <laughs> Where, what is, is, is all of this work just to go to the dance on Friday night? Like yeah. have I put in fo- like two weeks worth of work, hoping that this right. is going to end with the dance that's on Friday night that we all want to go yeah, to. Of course. But, of it, course, but, but it feels so real at that time. And absolutely. that's where, I do want to, you know, I do understand that we keep laughing at this because also 
we have to. We lived through this, and it's right. comical to remember right. how you know how real this was to us. But the crazy thing is that I think that sometimes adults, especially, and I can't speak on this too much because I don't have a teenage daughter. That the closest I have is a very happy little bundle of nieces and a nephew that I'm about to get this July. And she's about 13 right now. So she's in this realm that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And I do think that sometimes adults, we tend to forget how real this stuff does feel to them. Yeah, it's like there sure. are moments with things with her where it's kind of like things get kind of, I don't want to say laughed off, but a little bit laughed off that it's like you're you're 13. Like, let's be real about this. Mm-hmm. But to them, it really is – it feels so real because it's the first time you're having these feelings. I know. And, you, and, we, don't, and we don't always know what to do with them. And like you just yeah. said – Media steers us in these ways to, like you said, I think that we have to do a lot of work to to get the guy. And mm-hmm. like I will just say, by the time you get to your like late 20s to 30s, I promise you that goes out the window and you're like, oh no, <laughs> that ain't that ain't happening. That yeah. Ain't happening. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it turns us inward towards like what am I doing wrong if I'm not getting the guy or what could I do differently? And a lot of that goes to appearance too. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you start to shave your legs and, um, you know, I think we started talking about boobs getting bigger. And so then you start wearing a bra and, um, you know, all these different things that honestly now knowing you know, again, at this vantage point, what the boys were doing at that age, they were completely oblivious. Like they had no idea what was happening. And I do think that's probably part of the problem too, was that unfortunately, you know, the girls were kind of developing a little bit faster than they were. I mean, I remember again, like I started my period in uh, fifth grade at 10 Mm-hmm. And so I was already going through this, you know, I was already wearing a bra, I think in sixth grade. And, you know, a lot of the boys didn't even hit puberty and probably till like seventh or eighth grade. So, yeah, you know, we were at this stage thinking like, why don't the boys like me? And they're like, who are you? <laughs> or like, why? What, like, what is this? I don't really understand. Did so. you see that like new Xbox game that came out like last week? And like, we can all talk about it at recess because we right. played it all weekend. And we're right. like, why aren't they? Why aren't they trying? Like, we're right. trying. We're over here trying. Why aren't they trying? And I it's know. like, they're so dumb at that point. They yeah. like, I'm sorry. And we this is not ever going to be a podcast. And I want to preface this. We are not trying to like just beat down the men. Like, no, it's it's the year of Ken guys. Ken got his redemption this year. <laughs> like it's all good. We are not trying to hate on them, but at that age, it is comical because yes, they're, they're, they're not even like at all checked in. And I feel no. like by the point that they do get checked in, all it is that's running them is their libido. So then right. the only thing they think about is sex. Yeah. So it's like, I think it's such a funny progression where it's like, we're trying to do all these things that we see like happening Mm -hmm. of how to attract a guy 
yeah. when you start having those feelings, yeah, they're nowhere near that stage yet. So then no. we kind of keep moving on, right? And we kind of move past that. And then yeah. they have, I feel like, this weird jump from like middle school to high school where then they're like, sex, 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 all the time, <laughs> sex, everything is sex. That's all it has to be. And they do this thing. And then at that point, we're like, well, all you – like, you don't want to hang out with me. You don't want to do this. You don't want to mm-hmm. do these things. Like, you literally just want to have sex with me all the time. Like, are you joking? Like, that's also not what we wanted. Like, we didn't want just that either. So, like, it's the weird intersection that keeps, mm-hmm. I think, happening until we both get to the same playing field. Yeah. Well, and again, I think it's not like hormones definitely are driving this on both sides. Yes. For sure. But I do think it's also like, again, girls are more raised to be kind of understanding of the relationship aspects of these things. And like you were saying, we through rom-coms and all of these things are being told, how do you attract a man for a relationship? And I don't know, you know, it's different now. And I definitely want to be educating my own son around what it looks like to be in a relationship and how to respect everyone as well as whoever you are going to be attracted to. Um, But I think, you know, definitely back then, you know, boys weren't really being exposed to those things unless, you know, they, you know, maybe had sisters or moms that watched that stuff, or, you know, maybe they were actually interested. But, you know, like you're saying, most of them were like in a comic books or Pokemon or whatever the stuff was back then. And so they weren't really thinking about, again, sex within the context of a relationship. No. It was just like, I have all these hormones and I feel horny and I want to have sex. Yes. Um, who can I have sex with type thing? Basically. Yeah. And then, you know, as they get a little bit older, then they start to be praised for sex being something that, you know, is the new thing to talk about. It's no longer Pokemon. It's like, oh, who did you hook up with? And, you know, the boys tend to be more praised for that, whereas the girls get the like, well, you should be a prude, but also don't be too much of a prude. And yeah, we, we want you to know what you're doing, but right. we don't want to envision that this ever happened with anyone other than me. And, yeah. and you know, if you could just be a little bit more of this, but a little bit less of that. Yeah. In yeah. the sex realm, we get shamed so heavily. And like, right. to me, I'm like, this is – culturally, it drives me bonkers. It's like we're no – women are no longer a commodity in terms of us being a virgin. Like, I'm sorry, that's no longer an actual commodity. Right. Let's move past it. Like, yeah. No. Yeah. I, that part, you're very right on that part, too. Yeah. Yeah. Where it, it becomes an ego boost and a like macho thing for the guys, and it becomes a detriment to us. Mm-hmm. So it, I hate to say it, but, in a, in a way, it kind of, now that we're reflecting back on all this stuff, it kind of is funny to me in a way that women, it we don't really get set up for too many wins, right? No. Like, no, we like, really don't. We're not, we're not playing the game and like someone sees that, you know, we're over in the corner and we're open. So you know what? We're going to throw it to, to those ladies. Get their shot. Great. They <laughs> won. No, that is n- 
that is not happening for us. It's like, okay, don't step on too many landmines because mm-hmm. you don't know which one's going to blow it up. Like mm-hmm. it's great. It, that is, yes, the amount of pressure I think that gets put on us to be a very specific thing mm-hmm. in this puberty growing up, going into sex phase is, mm-hmm. it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's important to know that, yeah, no matter what, where you are on the spectrum of things that all kids, all teens, they just want to be seen. They just want to be heard. They just want to be understood. They just want to fit in. They want to be validated. They don't feel that. We don't, I don't think we validate them enough. To be honest, like as an adult, like I don't think we, to our point also sometimes rightfully so, because it's like we remember like. Believe me, I've already done this once. I've already made the same mistakes. So, like, I'm just trying to make it so you don't do that exactly again, you know? But, like. Yeah, but you have to let them Exactly. Do it. I mean, they're, they're not going to respond to that. I think no. just, like, we're saying being able to validate where they're at, even though at our vantage point, being in sixth grade and having a crush on somebody is stupid because you're like, well, where's that going to go? Yeah. But that's not what it's they want to hear. They want to no. hear. I I know that that's really hard. I was there. I've been in your position and I know what it's like to like a boy or to like a girl and to not know how to talk to them or to get really nervous or, you know, all the things that go into those experiences. And so, yeah, it's, it's important giving a little bit of parenting advice. <laughs> it's important to like make sure your kids are validated because that's that's really all they want from you and from their peers is really what they're looking for. And it's hard because peers don't really know how to do that very well. No, they don't. And I think we kind of get too caught up in in the like, you know, I don't want to say we're in charge of you aspect, but the mm-hmm. like, yeah, we're your parent aspect where mm-hmm. Yeah, they they just want to be seen for kind of where they're at a little bit. So I love that. It's kind of a little bit of a baby PSA reminder to all of us that as we get older and we are parenting children and going through this, that just try to a tiny bit remember what it was like when you were there. Because mm-hmm. I, I guarantee you it felt real to you when you were there at that time too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Let's move on to – so. Let's talk about masturbation and then we'll go into uh, having our first relationships. So if anybody is uncomfortable around talking about masturbation or if there's any people that know us that don't want to hear about this, please tune out now. Yeah. I know masturbation is not a fun topic for a lot of people. So, um, when did you first start learning either what masturbation was or experimenting with that for yourself? You know, I want to say it was probably somewhere near like eighth grade-ish time mm-hmm. is what I remember. I definitely remember it was somewhere near like eighth grade-ish time. But I'm going to go out on a limb here mm-hmm. for the women mm-hmm. and say mm-hmm. – I think that masturbation as a thing is a lot more difficult 
to understand and do when you are growing and actually getting to the point where that is something that you're going to do, right? Like when you've gone through puberty enough to the point that that's something you're going to explore, it is hard because at the time that you and I were growing up, Mm-hmm. Sex was very much defined as penetrative sex. Like mm-hmm. that is what it was defined as. Mm-hmm. Not as much in, you know, recent years, like the past decade, even where mm-hmm. we've gone, that is not, no, that is not the end all be all sex. Like mm-hmm. him getting off and penetration is not the only type of sex. That is not it. Mm-hmm. No, there's many other ways to have sex and to feel pleasure that is not from that. So I think that we were also sold at the time that we were coming up and coming into this. Mm -hmm. The narrative was just really difficult because it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, well, like if I am going to masturbate, okay, great. But like, I don't have like, like what am, what am I going to like, what am I going to use to try to replicate this when all we've basically been told that sex kind of is, is a penis going in a vagina? Like, I think that like figuring out our body for women and actually how to masturbate, I think mm-hmm. it's actually really difficult. And nobody talks about that. I don't think anybody brings that up. And mm-hmm. maybe it's because they don't want to and it's awkward sounding or whatever. But I just remember it being really hard to figure out what I was supposed to be doing. Like, what was I supposed to be doing to do this? Like, guys have it so easy. You have a dick, and if you just jerk off, eventually something will happen. It is not that complex for them. It is a very (laughs) straightforward, one motion of one thing in one area. We've got multiple areas, people. We (laughs) have a full map that we can read. Okay? You have one pinpoint, we have a whole map. And Mm -hmm. like, if you're not really taught like all of what's going on down there and you really know all of like your anatomy to that point to be able to utilize it to get pleasure from it, Mm -hmm. I think that's the hardest part that I had with like growing up and masturbating is like, what am I supposed to do and how am I supposed to do it? So to be honest, I don't think I was able to like do it well until I probably watch porn. Like mm-hmm. that's that's how I had to kind of I think figure that part of that out mm-hmm. of like what am I trying to do down there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it sounds like for you masturbation was more of like a concept that you were hearing about and then you were trying to figure it out based on knowing like oh this is a thing that people do and I want to do it but I don't know how. Kind of, yes. I think that's kind of how I came into it a bit. Okay. And then trying to to learn kind of how am I supposed to do that? Yeah. That's that's kind of how I remember it being. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of people have that exact same route to masturbation. That it, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. That it's kind of like, oh, I'm hearing about this from other people or from media or whatever. And now I'm trying to like figure out what that means. Come so I had a little bit different of experience and I, there's a lot of things that's like, I don't really know why this was the way that it was, but I just know it was, um, that mine started pretty early. I think it was kind of around the time that I started my period. And so it was, 
you know, like 10, 11. Okay. Um, and for me, it was the opposite. And I think this kind of, to your point, now having a long-term partner and like, we've talked about all of our experiences around this, like, and now having a son myself, like, yes, boys and men have a little bit easier because they have something that is external that they're touching pretty much from birth um, and experimenting with and how to like use it for, you know, going to the bathroom. Um, but there is still like an exploratory piece of it. Like they don't know yeah. that they can do that from the beginning. And, no. you know, my husband, I won't share his story, but, you know, he talked about how it, it was a process for him to like, just kind of start to explore his body and figure out what felt good. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's like, Oh, like something happens and not really understanding what that was. And then having to like figure it out. So I think that's more how I came into masturbation was kind of more exploring what felt good, what didn't feel good. Um, and just kind of figuring out that through, you know, touch and play of my own body. And, um, it, you know, I don't know if I want to share like all my stories around this to everyone out listening, but, um, you know, there's definitely a lot of, if anyone's watched like pen 16, um, or pen 15, not 16, pen 15, um, on Hulu, it's, is kind of like that of like locking yourself in your bedroom and just figuring it out and hoping that you don't get walked in on. And <laughs> <laughs> thankfully I did. Say, thank God you and I didn't have as hard of a time with that. Yeah. Being I was going to children with adults that worked quite a lot. I was going to say that it was a lot of, you know, there weren't very many people in our household and to walk in on <laughs> a lot of time of my mom, like doing yard work outside or cleaning <laughs> on the weekend that I just was like left to my own entertain devices. myself. Um, and you sure found a way to entertain yourself, <laughs> didn't you? Yeah. yeah. So, but also I want to have a whole episode around porn, but yeah, porn was definitely something that, was part of the process too. And I don't know exactly how I stumbled across porn. I don't remember if it was like, Oh, I Googled something or whatever, but yeah, porn was definitely something that was like, Oh wow. Like this is what sex is. Um, and I remember it not being really shameful at first. Like I was really interested in it and it obviously like, creates an arousal in your body that was like, whoa, this is crazy. Um, But then it shifted at some point, I think in my early teens, it shifted. And I did start to feel like, oh, this is kind of gross. Like, I don't really want to watch this. And I still kind of feel like that to this day. Like sometimes I'm just like, "Hmm, maybe I'll venture into that world. And it just, it usually, depending on if, I mean, most mainstream porn is very much, again, we could get into all the ins and outs of this, but mainstream porn tends to be very demeaning to women. And so I think that was kind of the shift for me, I believe, of knowing that like, oh, this is not how I want to be treated by somebody that I want to have sex with. Like, I don't want to 
be, you know, whatever they do in porn. And, and it's I mostly, don't want you spitting on me. That yeah. doesn't thrill me. Yeah. I'll tell you that. Like, yeah. please don't spit on me. No. Yeah. Or it's just, it's very clearly like geared toward men's Men. pleasure versus yes. women's pleasure. And so I think that was kind of the turnoff for me. But originally, and, you know, we can get into like feminist porn and stuff and people have been trying to create porn that isn't only focused on that. But um, I think originally it was helpful in kind of learning more about what does this all look like? And, um, and I will say, oh my God, my mom is going to find out about this for the first time if she listens to this. I will just say, I killed our Dell computer <laughs> that we had in our uh, you broke our, the computer. I from broke porn? the computer from porn because it had so many viruses on it. Yeah, in the yeah. computer room next to your bedroom that we hung out in. That well, one? originally it was set up in our dining room, and we didn't have a yeah, dining room table. Ago. Yep, yep, I remember that and at that it, point. Yeah, and that's and then when I, it moved up to next. Yeah. Oh. And my mom actually had, she was like kind of dating somebody at the time. It was actually a dad of one of the kids in our Is class. it who I think it is? He, I don't know. We can talk Probably. about that I, outside of Okay. <laughs> I think podcast, I know exactly. But... Were you not thrilled with the boy that it was? Like he was really yeah. annoying. Yeah, which, you know, yeah. now I probably have a lot more compassion for probably what his Situation home life was. was. But yeah, yes. at the time, I don't know if she was actually dating him, but or I don't, if it was like he, a one off. He was like a computer geek that worked with computers. And so <laughs> she was like, oh, our computer is Isn't broken. <laughs> and so he would come over and like try to fix our computer and get all the viruses off of it. And I remember him being like, yeah, it's like all this stuff from porn. <laughs> and I was just like, and I'll go over here now. <laughs> I don't know if my mom ever suspected or not, but I mean, I feel like she had to, like who else was in the house, but who still. else was watching porn on the computer? <laughs> like, and for anyone out there who is not an only child, where you're always like, only child are spoiled and they're awful and blah, 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 blah. This is a downside of being an only child. <laughs> you don't get to blame breaking the computer from watching porn on the dog. That is never a, a an excuse that works. Like there's no one else to ever blame anything on. And we will preface, Kayla was much more of an angel child than I was. Like, <laughs> She was helpful. She didn't purposely F up shit. She didn't have these radical ideas that were going to be something that was going to happen and yeah. not. She wasn't like that. I more was. So I took the brunt of that more. But yeah, in this instance, you couldn't have blamed Kobe on the Dell computer. That just wouldn't have. <laughs> no. no. So there you go. I I had my moment of. Yeah, I mean, back then the Dell computers were so susceptible to uh, getting viruses. Come on, Dell, make us a better product for the love of God. For everyone masturbating out there, please make us a better program. Come on, Cody. No, and you know, I didn't know that it was gonna create such problems, but. Well, no, you did. Like nowadays, you do, but like you, you don't. And I will even say, actually, like 
I think on my old phone when I watch porn, like I would get weird random things on my phone later. And I'm like, why are you trying to like remind me of this at a different time in a really <laughs> awkward way with something that just like I'm at work and I get some weird text about like penises or ball play, like from a <laughs> random like 76342 number where you know oh, no one you know. Oh, and you're no. like, why is why is this popping up just because I went to a website? Like what? What? Yeah. So for all of you that broke your computers watching porn growing up, I see you. I see you. <laughs> we see you. We feel for you. <laughs> we 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 are here. We we get it. Actually, you know what's funny? My current fiance, when I started dating him, I want to say that one or two of the times that like I might have been sitting on the couch like earlier dating, and like one of those texts like popped into my like text stream. <laughs> and it's probably just like what the hell shit does she buy that she gets <laughs> subscriber texts about weird like ass play and other different things that like all because I watched a porn site on Saturday or Thursday or whatever day it was like yeah. oh my god yeah we see you we feel you we're here for you I feel your shame you know and here's the other funny one to me too with like just the idea of like porn and masturbation and shame around it and things like that right Mm -hmm. is this one cracks me connor i'm not trying to throw you under the bus here at all (laughs) but this is pretty funny and it's worth saying in the context of exactly what we're talking about is i remember that any of the times that like we've talked about like that and being a kid and like masturbate and things like that right and He's a, a little bit older than me, not that much, but like a little bit older enough that I think they still use like magazines and stuff more than like the internet and like the home computer for it, you know? So he okay. has, <laughs> yeah. So his, like, the funny part of where his brain that he would say that like he would go to or whatever is where it's like, as soon as I was done with the magazine, like I wanted to like get on my bike and ride it out into the middle of like the woods and just leave it under a stump. So like no one knew what happened and like this <laughs> didn't just happen and I didn't just do this when I very clearly did. And it's just, it's, it makes me laugh because it is a bit comical to look back on the level of shame that you felt in like puberty when you were going through starting beginning masturbating, like the level of like, uh oh, you know, where it's, it's, but I, I don't- think that that's kind of like, I would hope that we can work on that because I Definitely. think that, that is something that hopefully shouldn't happen. I mean, there's going to be some feeling of like, this is private and I don't want anybody else to really know about it. Like, you know, you don't want to go up to your parents and be like, Hey, I just masturbated, (laughs) but I mean, not usually no, (laughs) but to have a level of shame where it's like, Oh my God, if anyone found out about this, like it would be the end of the world. I think that is not helpful to anyone. No. That and I, I think it's it, normal. And exactly. we don't need to feel this level of shame around it. No, and I think that just media and everything in general has done a great job at making it this funny yet bit shameful act. 
where it's like, okay, well, we we know everyone does it. So can we just get past that now, please? Like, can we just move on from that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Do you quickly want to talk about our first relationships a little bit? I mean, there's a lot to say around that. So I don't know if you want to end here for today and we can get into that in a different episode or if we want to chat about that a little bit. You know, actually, I will say, actually, I think that's a worthwhile one that I think that could actually take us a good amount Mm -hmm. to go into because I know that there's extent and of course, because I've known Kayla for as many years as I do. I know how extensive your and I I will say I, everyone please get excited for some of Kayla's stories for her earlier relationships because they're just so interesting to me. I really think they're incredibly interesting. And like when you tune in for the next episode, I guarantee you guys it's going to be a really 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 good one because there's a lot of very interesting things that happened I think at that time frame and I also just think that kind of to what you said a few minutes ago of us mm-hmm. being only children with parents that worked a lot. Like mm-hmm. when we actually started like finally like getting into relationships or going on dates and doing things, it was not as normal I think as like other maybe suburban kids. Like I remember mm-hmm. us going on dates at like Pacific Place downtown, like in very adult settings of different things mm-hmm. that weren't always the most like kid-like. So mm-hmm. I just think that it's going to be a really interesting story because we had kind of a, I, I at least want to say we have to me a bit of a different experience than maybe most other people might have had because we had a little bit more time on our own as well. Hmm. Yeah. I, I was kind of like, I don't know why it's so interesting, but um, yeah, I mean, are I we talking I, like, are, are we talking like, uh, like early holy names dating days? Yeah, for sure. That's what I was and, thinking. I mean, okay. we didn't actually go into like, you know, who was the first person that you actually called your boyfriend or something like we can mm-hmm. get into that of what happened in middle school. But yeah, I really want to talk about like, that's what where was I was thinking we were kind of starting like true relationship. And yeah, for me, mine was in high school. Yep. Um, and I, I just, I remember it. It's funny. I do remember actually your first relationship pretty, like pretty decently. Cause it was a big thing. And like, it was a really big thing. It was a really big thing. And you were also like, if there's one constant with you that I think that we can see, like now that you're 30, is that like you've always it, – it is no shock to me you went into the field that you've gone into for your career because you have always been very, very focused on like what a relationship is and what goes into it and what makes up those components and how do both parties do that. And I just think, I guess the reason I think it's very interesting is because I think that out of anyone else I know, you actually kind of had that thought process and thinking even when we were that young in like your first relationship where I think like with somebody like me, that was, I was not as in tune to those dynamics of like what really is a relationship and what goes into it and makes them work and why do they not work and what does each partner give and what looks healthy and all of that. And I just think that you were so much more well-equipped to think in those terms, even in your first relationship. So I think that's where, to me, I find your first relationship a really interesting thing to look back at. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was not 
in the place I am now then. No, no, no. I will no. just say like it no. definitely still was a high school relationship. relationship. But 100%. Yeah. I mean, I, I've i always wanted love. I wanted yes. to have the relationship where I felt love and I felt like this was going to last forever. And you, you were very much romantic. Yeah. As first relationships go, I mean, it, well, I don't want to spoil the ending for you guys. So, well, obviously I'm not with this person anymore. So like, no, you're not with know, the person you know at the end of it. There was a little bit of a tragic ending. Um, but, you know, as first relationships go, I, I really appreciate the relationship that I had. I feel like it taught yeah. me a lot and... I had a lot of first experiences in the context of that relationship that I'm so glad that I did. So me too. I just think it's a great story. Yeah. Yeah. So, so think- that's a good teaser, hopefully for you yes, to turn all of tune you. into our next episode and talk all about our first relationships, but I don't even know your first relationship. I don't think, I mean, I know like some of the people that you had, kind of feelings for, but I don't know if I even know like what your first relationship is. So I'm excited to hear about that too. You know, and what's actually really funny is I think I'm going to actually, I think this one's going to shock probably this, this will be a little bit shocker, but I'm going to actually have to really think back on my first relationships too, because some of the earlier things were like, they were not at all defined or like we weren't in the same place at the same time, feeling the same thing. So it was like, so I think my beginnings of this was very tumultuous. It was very difficult and it felt like nothing ever aligned, Mm. but I I'll get into my first really big one for sure. And I, I, I can pinpoint that one a hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Well, I feel like our listeners are probably just like, just freaking talk about it already or get off the mic. So we should probably. Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) Thank you very much for tuning in with this episode with us. And I hope you are excited by these teasers because they're going to be coming next week and they will be very, it'll be a really fun conversation. I'm excited for this one. Yeah, this is definitely, you know, stuff that we remember very vividly. So I'm excited to get into it. And a lot of this, I don't think we've really talked about together. So it'll be interesting for both of us too. Or we haven't talked about it since it happened. Like we we discussed these things when they were going on in our life as children, but like we haven't gone back and done a deep dive. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be fun. So thank you guys so much for listening. We so appreciate it. Um, If you would like to follow us on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, wherever you find your podcasts, please do. And as we've been saying, we would love for you to leave us a review. And in those reviews, if you want to leave us a question about something that you would like us to talk about, that would be great. You can also leave a comment whatever you want to let us know that you are thinking about the podcast, that would be great. But if you want to leave a question, we do want to get to a place where we can have a segment where we can bring listener questions in and talk about those too. So that would be great. Um, We are also on Instagram at her on top pod. If you also want to follow us on Instagram and as usual, we would just love for you to tune in to our next episode and we will see you next time. See you next time, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care.